Well, happy rockin' new year, folks. So great to have you all back here at Talkin' the Talk with the Great Southern Brain Fart. 2018 was such an awesome year for us, and for me as a podcaster and my first time doing it, the response was overwhelmingly positive, and I can't thank you all enough for downloading, following, listening, recording, whatever the hell it is y'all are doing, but I'm glad to hear that you guys are enjoying it and that 2019 is going to bring you a lot more, and what a way to kick off 2019 episode 28 than to be talking with one of my favorite people on the planet, Michelle Schrotz of the band Brave. So those of you who know me know I'm a huge Brave fan, but how it all came to be was that back in 2012, I was asked to review a band called While Heaven Wept. While I liked them, I just didn't love them. And as I did my research, I saw that the While Heaven Wept drummer and keyboardist, who are both husband and wife, had their own band called Brave, and I just had to check it out. Right after hearing them, I knew I was hearing what would become one of my favorite bands. Since discovering Brave, I went back and had to have everything I can find on Brave, and what I found were lots of gems. There were two releases as the acoustic-based band Arise from Thorns. There were four Brave releases, a best-of compilation, and a single called Surrounds Me. That fed my need, but I wanted more. Luckily, I had the pleasure of seeing Brave live twice, but again, not enough. I needed more. And guess what? This week, I'm going to get more. And I am so excited to talk to Michelle today about the band's first release since 2008's album, Monuments. The album is called The Calm and the Storm. And uh, you know what? I'm just kind of rambling. So I'm just going to shut my pie hole. So Michelle, welcome to this <laughs> fucking nice crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, welcome to this. Like, just, uh, yeah, I could have just kept talking, you know, and whatever, I know. whatever. Well, so it was a good summary. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, we did do that. Oh, yeah. You know, our album. So that's <laughs> good research on your part. <laughs> Obviously, you know, when you guys were announcing that you're you know, making the new album, I was nervous because I was like, you know, you know, I was too. the brave. <laughs> As, I was fully expecting. Um, yeah, this is no good. <laughs> uh, you were afraid as you should be. But, you know, um, but no. And, and, you know, because, you know, there's always this. You know, it, it, it's I always tell people I, I I broke the almost famous rule. You know, there's this line in Almost Famous where, um, uh, what's his face, Lester Bangs tells William Miller, he says, "Never become friends with the band. Never mm-hmm. become friends with a band. You're the enemy. You've got to tell the truth." And mm-hmm. while there's there's a lot of validity to mm-hmm. that, you know, Brave was one of those bands that, you know, I feel like. You know, since it ended in twenty, you know, two thousand eight, I didn't have mm-hmm. a whole lot to go off of. And then you guys right. brought in the new single in twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. which I was like, oh my god, they still have it. So when the calm the storm was announced, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, there was part of me going, you know, I'm, I've got to be, I've got to be truthful about this. And yeah. I honestly have to say, upon listening to it, it's without a doubt the best thing you guys have done. Um, wow. Um, and one of the things I just wanted to start by asking you about it mm-hmm. was that, you know, I know every band, you know, like even my band, like I'm this way. So what is your connection with 
the calm, the storm mm-hmm. that you don't have with the other previous albums? This one, I think, is different because we really, and I don't know if you want to call it a risk or this is just, you know, what we decided to do is that it is half kind of acoustic driven Mm -hmm. and half electric. So we were, you know, slightly concerned about that, given that for whatever reason, and we've never been able to be easily categorized, which has kind of been a difficult thing for us. But we were concerned that like our really proggy metal people who might enjoy our music wouldn't really like the more acoustic stuff and you know kind of vice versa um so this is the first album where we did a clear split it was it's half acoustic half electric and and of course our previous albums have do have some acoustic songs on them of course like you know i'm thinking like candle in the dark or like some of the older um you know, rise from thorns but right. you know the older acoustic kind of songs that are kind of woven into mostly of the more quote-unquote metal kind of sound right so so it's a it's a little more um acoustic on this one for sure and i think that makes it a little bit it makes it stand out from the other ones but overall i have to say to me it sounds like a brave album it sounds like us it sounds like our writing our style our songs if that makes sense If, if you hear our older songs i think you can throw them in a big compilation and they'll all work out well together. You know, like it still is in the same kind of group. Correct. Yeah. Cause there's definitely a formula that I've noticed over, you know, you, you hear that, mm-hmm. you, hear, you do hear that a good bit with, um, you know, who I, you know, I consider to be great, <clears throat> great bands is that, you know, you know, some bands kind of push the envelope to try to do something over, you know, insanely mm-hmm. different, you know, like, you know, an album about a comic book or something, but anyway, anyway um, but you know what I mean? Like crazy yeah. stuff, but you guys are, you know, kind of much like ACDC or even Iron Maiden to an extent, like you have a, you have like what I consider a signature sound and it's very distinct. Mm-hmm. Um, but there did seem to be, you know, a significant growth in mm-hmm. the overall lyrical content of the album. Um, hmm. Do you feel like that that kind of comes with comes with age in a good way? Like, or do you think that it's, yeah. you know, that, 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 that the content and the writing of the songs is found you in a different place than where you were maybe when you wrote some of those earlier songs? Yeah, definitely. I think it's probably both. I think it's having more life experiences and it's being older and it's um, being able to reflect maybe in a different way. But I also think, too, Scott and I are the primary lyric writers and Scott's a guitarist and he um, he writes the majority, like 90, I would say 90, 95 percent of all of the material. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of split the lyric du- duty, which we normally do, um, whereas his lyrics are very well thought out. They're poetic. They're they're nice, they're meaningful, and mine are very much off-the-cuff, kind of intuitive, um, more just, I don't know how to say it, like less wordy, but, you know, um, not as, like, like poetic in a way. Like, mine's just kind of more, like, typically when I write a song, like, it just all comes out, and that's kind of it. I might make a couple of tweaks here or there, and but that's it. Um, so I think... He wrote a few more songs on this one, and the lyrics from his perspective are a little bit different than whereas I maybe have written others in the past from from my perspective. And um, I mean, it still balances out 
in a certain way, you know, but, um, yeah, I definitely think we've grown as musicians, as people, you know, we're, we've been doing this for 20 plus years now. And not that that's like a crazy long time, but, um, I just think we've gotten a little bit more, um, I don't know, a little bit more able to express kind of what we're trying to say, if that makes sense. Good Lord. 20 plus years. That, that's almost as long as I've been married. You know, that's that's a long yeah. time for any band to be together. It is. <laughs> that's yeah, like... for, for bands on our level, I have to say, yeah, we're one of the few that's been around that long. It makes yeah. you feel a little old. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice, too, to know that, yeah, we have still stuck around and we have still like the same core group. And um, we've had our current lineup that we have now since uh, 2007, just before Monuments. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I'm proud to say that we're all you know, great friends and we have an amazing, um, you know, vibe together. So we're extremely lucky. Well, it totally comes through in, in, in the compositions and in the performances of the album. And, but I kind of wanted to back up a little bit about what you were talking Mm -hmm. about, about like how you, you and, uh, Scott, uh, kind of come at different writing styles like Mm -hmm. what would be a couple of examples of say like lyrically you know what you came up with versus like Mm -hmm. what scott would come up with because i'm looking at the track list for the new album and of course Mm -hmm. like it's you know it it's a um you know it's it's a mystery as to (laughs) do you like that pun nice play there (laughs) but it really is it's 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 a mystery as to like hey i wonder who wrote what and and i always used to enjoy that mystery especially in bands like acdc where you had songs you know that were written by you know malcolm young angus young and brian johnson and Mm -hmm. but you always wanted to know like who did what you know, so yeah. this is this is my fanboy way of finding out. Like, so what are some examples of, say, off the new album that of, yeah. of Michelle's writing versus your brother Scott's um, writing? Yeah, I think a good one is and some of these a lot of these we co-write together. But um, mm-hmm. a good example would be like a thousand miles of sand is all Scott. And if you look at the lyrics to me anyway, they're they're just more poetic. They're, um, that's an incredible, it's it's a Scott story. Thank you. Um, whereas like feel the rain is all mine where, you know, Ah. I very much from like, you know, just my personal observation of, you know, watching somebody else go through some things at the time. And I literally woke up one morning and just wrote the entire song and I had the harmonies in my head and like, it was all just, it all just comes out. And it might be a mess and it might, some people might still think it's kind of a mess, but it's just, it all comes out where I feel as the sky is just well, is more thought out and mine's kind of more impulsive and intuitive, but that's a a good example. Yeah. And it's funny because there are also some moments on, on the new album that I actually really loved was especially, um, the song summertime, which surprised uh-huh. which, which to be honest, like at first listen, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about this one, you know, yeah. but like, you know, but when I really listen to the album as a whole, you know, and then I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of putting myself into that place to pay attention to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's funny because like when I, when it got to summertime, I was just like, God, what a, what an introspective moment and it's one of those moments that even for me as a songwriter that that mm-hmm. yeah, that's a very kind of a that's a very folky kind of thing you know and um yeah. and i love that you took that 
that spin, but put it to this really melodic kind of even yeah. for brave was very kind of like, like it kind of like made me kind of smile and like nod my head back and forth. You know what yeah. I mean? It like, it wasn't so dark, you know? So, um, right. So like that song to me, I mean, so what is it? Well, what's, what's the story behind that one? That one. Um, and it's funny you picked up on that because summertime, the riffs of that song we have had, or Scott's had for, I don't know how long, 15, 20 years probably, and it's just never been completed. It's it's like something we'd jam, and it just never was finalized. And um, that's the only song in the album where myself, Scott, and Trevor, who we all grew up together, Scott and I obviously are, are brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Trevor and I are married now, um, but we saw And also brother and sister. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get but, a dig in there for Trevor. <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, it's... Um, it's a good thing that we're all, we're all kind of related, but, um, we, we grew up together basically. And that song is literally us driving around in high school. Um, you know, cranking, we make some obscure references to old songs. And those are songs that we listened to back in the day. Like, um, well, we mentioned, we reference Awaken the Guardian from Fate's Warning, Crestfallen mm-hmm. from Anathema, The End Complete from Obituary. And that song is totally us, in high school driving around on open roads you know right um and it's got it does have that poppy positive kind of vibe which to be quite honest with you i'm not sure people are going to love or they may hate or they may be indifferent but it is different for us for sure because we i can only think of like maybe two songs that kind of have like a a major key kind of positive Mm -hmm. vibe to it whereas most of it is minor key kind of more doomy reflective um sad sounding kind of songs and i don't know why we write those that's just kind of what we do but um yeah, but yeah that one... but it's funny because i think it it also kind of reminds me in some way of um without you from monuments yeah. it's got that kind of same kind of tone to it Mm-hmm. But what I also kind of thought was kind of neat about the song Summertime in general is it's that it's almost like a break in the album. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. really, like, I Will Wait, Mystery, A Thousand Miles of Sand. I mean, these are some really, like, heavy songs and heavy in the mm-hmm. sense that, like, lyrically they're outstanding. But you can really hear the maturity in there in, as musicians and as, as writers and whatnot mm-hmm. that really sh- kind of shows. And then you get yeah. to summertime and it kind of it's almost kind of like a reminder that like, oh, guess, oh, they're allowed to have fun and reminisce. Right, and, we can have some happy you know, times. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the the fact that it is such a break in the middle of the record and then yeah. going into like Bay song and things like that. I can't even wrap my head around like how you guys conceptualized this. So where did the conceptualization of this come through? Well, it's interesting. And it just going back, I mean, we definitely did put Summertime in the middle for that reason. It was a different song. It didn't kind of fit with any other song. So it is kind of like that midpoint kind of good, different middle song. But um, but we knew when we decided to do a full album and we had debated and debated on what do we do? Like, you know, do people these days do EPs or just singles or a full album? And at one time we're talking about like a double album because we literally had probably 20 to 30 songs that we were working with and we're narrowing them down to which ones kind of work well together as a group 
for like a one album release. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of narrowed it down. I have to say I'm really excited about some other songs that aren't on the album that will be on whatever we do next. Like there's a lot of material that is basically done um, and other material still being developed that we'll we'll do next. But um, yeah, we just decided this group of songs belong together and it's 10 songs. Originally we had 11 going and we took one off just because we need to re-record it because we recorded it too slow and we mm-hmm. didn't want to redo it at the last minute. <laughs> um, so yeah, so th- this is a group that, that came together ultimately. That's amazing because, you know, usually you, I would assume that, you know, going into an album, I mean, because even though there's not really, it's not really like a conceptual album in the sense that right. it's a continuous story, there, it, it, it's conceptualized based around the title, you know, like the calm mm-hmm. and the storm, which, mm-hmm. I, which I think was brilliant. But I would assume like, God, you'd have to go in with like 20 something songs to get it to yeah. that. Like, so what, what happens to those other songs? Like, are we going to get to maybe see them? Yeah, we're we're kind of in the planning stages now of, of what to do next. Of um of and we still don't know for sure, but there definitely will be something, whether it be an EP or singles or another full length. But we definitely have definitely have enough material to work with. And we Scott and Matt, our other guitarists, they love to write, um, and they are constantly coming up with new ideas. And so we we have existing songs and we have some new ideas as well that we want to try. And then I think again, once we kind of all get together and process through all of these songs and write a little bit more, then we'll pick another group of songs again that kind of makes sense to to bring together in some way this was the first album you guys made since like your first full length since Mm -hmm. 2008 not only is that though but you guys also did it at home you know which is so impressive because it's it really is an incredible sounding record how hard was it for you guys i mean you know was it hard to get into the groove or was it kind of like riding a bike where like once you guys got settled in it just all started to kind of fall into play yeah, it's interesting. Um, it definitely, when we decided to, to work, to do this at home, you know, of course it takes a little bit of time to get your gear and learn your gear and, and learn your systems and all of mm-hmm. that. And I honestly can say I had zero part of all of that. Like I, <laughs> I can't stand. <laughs> You're the singer. You shouldn't. <laughs> right. I'm going to walk in and just have my headphone mix and be good to go. <laughs> have my keyboards no, ready. I know. <laughs> But, um, but it was a lot of trial and error, and um, I have to give huge kudos and props to Trevor, who learned so much about our recording software and just the recording process in general. It took us a while because we st- we would start, and then we would stop, and then we'd redo because something didn't go right, you know? And, and so it's, it was a lot of trial and error. It took us a, a really long time to kind of get through the whole thing. But once we got in and... I think it exceeded our expectations of how it was going to sound. Like my concern was this is going to sound like, I don't know, like an iPhone recording or something horrible, <laughs> which we would never let go like out because we're all perfectionists. It's like they recorded but, um, it on a boom box. <laughs> right. <laughs> on my cassette tape. <laughs> yeah. On, on my Walkman. Yeah. <laughs> right. But once we realized like, oh, this does sound, you know, pretty good and we can work with this for sure. Right. Um, it was exciting and it was great to be able to, for the most part, be home for us anyway, because we recorded it at our house and um, we did some recordings at Scott's house as well. But just to be in the comfort of your own home and to really know you're not on the clock to mm-hmm. experiment. So we could take, you know, a week to experiment with cymbal tones if we wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. like it's there's the, the possibilities are really endless. So um, it was really good recording at home. I think it obviously going to a studio would have taken less time 
we would have probably knocked it out quickly just because you are on the clock and time is money. And, um, but it was a great learning experience and we still all like each other and <laughs> we made it. <laughs> so I think we'll do it again. <laughs> Cause I was just going to say there, there, you know, you know, I, I've been on both sides of that where, you know, I've mm -hmm. been in a studio with my band, but I've also done some home recording, a, a lot of home recording, but there's something mm -hmm. to be said about recording at home where you don't feel that stress where that right. I, that I feel sometimes impedes on your performance, you know, because exactly. like, if you're, like you said, if you're on, if you're on the clock and you're kind of under the gun to say, come on, you know, let's knock this out. Right. But then you go and listen to it and you go, oh man, I kind of wish, kind of wish I could have sung that a little differently. Yeah. Doing that at Which, home. If you can't sleep at like 11 o'clock at night, you can go downstairs to the freaking studio and like recut a vocal, yeah. you know, which That's I have true. done, you know, and yeah. there's, so there's something really cool to be said about that, you know, but I think, you, you know, your concern with quality was something that was super admirable because, um, if I remember correctly, the uh, surrounds me and three ravens mm -hmm. was kind of a that's that kind of kind of a test of sorts to see because you guys recorded three yeah. ravens at home. We did. That was our first test song at home. Like we did surrounds me with um, Kevin Gutierrez in a, in a studio, and he's awesome. I love him, mm -hmm. and he, he does an amazing job for us. Um, but just to kind of put our toe in the water, we did three Ravens at home and we knew we wanted to do like an acoustic song. Like we weren't quite ready to tackle like a big, heavy, loud, multi-instrument song. Where you had to it deal was, with amps whereas, and sounds and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas three Ravens is more, um, sim simplified, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. and we felt like we could tackle that one and, and we did. And it's funny, I hadn't listened to that song in forever. And I heard it the other day just to kind of compare that one and, electric ravens which is the electric version of that song on the new album and um i was pleasantly surprised i'm like oh i think we did okay on this one like i think um you can hear everything and we've got good tones and i think it all came across um kind of exceeded our expectations well you know it's it's funny because i, I was telling i think i told you um, and, and no offense to your homeboy producer, but I thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought three Ravens actually sounded better than surrounds me and may, and, mm. and maybe part of that was because the dynamic change, you know, that it was acoustic, yeah. but I was so blown away by just the ability to capture, you know, for, for it to not sound like, Oh my God, this is obviously recorded at home. And this was obviously recorded in a studio, you know? So, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. I guess it, to, to my listeners out there, like if you guys are gals or home recorders, it's really about putting a lot of time into that. You can adhere to a certain level of quality and, um, yeah, and that that sounds like it's a pretty timely process. How long did it take you guys to actually get to the point where you're like, OK, we're ready to roll. Let's start recording this album. Now, given that we're all very like part time musicians, like it was it was over a year for sure. Like we mm -hmm. would start and stop, start and stop and redo. And but once we got the ball rolling, probably in late 2017 and, and Trevor tracked all of his drums, the poor guy tracked himself. Like he, <laughs> he set up, he like linked his iPad and would hit start and then would play and then would hit stop. Like, and I could have easily gone in there for him and like pushed a button on and off. But well, like why you didn't said, you? Why didn't well, you? This is your chance to come clean. 
I guess I was watching TV or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks. See, no. this is this is this is the real like downer to being in a band with a spouse. <laughs> not that you fight a lot. That your spouse will not work for you. You know, while you're recording. <laughs> you know, that's the, that's no. that's that's so funny. I know. I don't know why. It's just kind of how it happened. And, and it's like what you said, too. Like, when you're in the mood to do it, you just go do it and you knock it out. And But anyway, yeah, but once we got the drums down and we were happy with all of those sounds and then gradually we just kept, you know, adding layers and would kind of work each instrument as we got to it and figured out how we're doing and how we're recording. And then once that's all done, we had everything down. And then mixing is like a whole, whole nother ball game. Like that's a serious specialty and it's very difficult because again, we, we really wanted this to sound like top quality. So, right. and we always had kind of in the back of our mind, well, we can always outsource mixing. We'll send it off to somebody, but, um, but you know, we gave it a shot and, you know, thanks to Trevor, he really, he put the time in and the, the learning in and the experimental sessions in, and we got to a place where we were, we were all pretty good with it. So now having, completed the album album's done printed put you know Mm -hmm. like you've got the box of them sitting in your house i'm Uh patiently awaiting my copy that (laughs) yes folks i bought and it's um, on the way you did thank you hey you know what (laughs) i i don't buy shit that sucks so now that you've had kind of a little time away from it, have mm-hmm. you had a chance to actually go back and listen to it and see with your own critical ear when you're in that mixing phase and you're listening to every single thing so closely, like I got to a point where I could not even hear any of it anymore. Like once you've heard it for the 5,000th time and you still need to bring up that hi-hat somewhere, you know, it's like you can't deal with it anymore. But so I did have a nice couple month break from it, which was nice. And then we did get the CDs and I did pop it in and listen to it. And overall, I, I would say I was really proud of everything that we did and we what we accomplished. I think there's a couple things here or there that I might tweak or would have wanted to tweak, but considering production you know, wise thought, or performance wise, uh, maybe a little both, mm-hmm. um, mostly production, but a couple spots here or there. Um, like I might've recut something. Um, and I still had like, I had some harmony ideas that I didn't lay down. I'm like, Oh, I probably should have done a harmony there, you know, something like that. But, um, overall I'm just, I'm really proud that we were able to, to pull it off to our expectations because I really didn't think we could, but yeah. 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 I just found that you were a little too polite on summertime by saying please. That's so funny. Trevor hated that line too. But uh, did- <laughs> Yeah. Well, if you were talking to Trevor, you should have been like, turn up that radio, bitch, and like just hit him upside the head or something, you know? But, <laughs> but oh, I'm sorry. That's- I totally forgot your parents might hear this. So if if any oh, of okay. Michelle's family kiddo. members hear bad words, it's <laughs> she's running with a bad crowd. I'm sorry. But anyway. My kids will write you a, a custom ticket which they give us constantly oh but, um, well if they accept officers. if they accept payment well i will pay my fine i promise <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but no that's funny because trevor didn't like that either he's like maybe you should change that line i'm like well it's really i mean it's so me like it's it's like totally I'm, you yeah i'm so nice and i'm too nice to a fault i'm like can you please turn up that obituary you know like <laughs> which is so funny. funny it's like could you please turn up <laughs> could you turn up obituary please 
<laughs> I love that. I just think that's, I mean, because that's the other thing too, is that to kind of segue into that is that mm-hmm. I feel like Brave is one of those bands that even if you're hearing Brave for the first time, you're only hearing a smidgen of the influences that you yeah. guys have. Share like the crazy range of influence that you have. Yeah, it's it's all over the place. Everywhere from Pink Floyd to Al Demiola to like Obituary, Anathema, Pantera, uh, Genesis, King Crimson, Tori Amos, Depeche Mode. Like it's, it's basically all over the place. I think there are some places where we're very different and then there's some places where we're very similar in terms of our right. musical taste. So, which is great because you can add in a little piece of something that you wouldn't maybe expect or like the way you might play a lick might be a little different. You might bring in a little jazz influence versus a little metal influence or, you know, something like I think it's a, it's a unique blend that we are able to create. I got my confirmation email yesterday. Yay! That my CD is coming soon. <laughs> and of course, like uh, like like the dork I am, like I actually do read emails, like where like I scroll uh-huh. to the end, and I scrolled to the bottom of this email, and I actually copied this because and and pasted it so I could remember what it said. Fusing uh-huh. rock, progressive metal, and folk into something uniquely brave. Not only did I love that you were able to work in a pun, but <laughs> I think that 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 it really does. There is a play on words there because even though the, your name is Brave, one of the things that made me love you guys as a band is that you guys never seem to adhere to what the norm of a particular genre. Obviously, yeah. you know, I've seen Brave associated with uh, progressive female fronted metal. Um, mm-hmm. Hard rock. I've even heard some some people refer to Brave as Celtic metal, you mm-hmm. know, which I get because you do have kind of a Celtic quality to your voice at times. But like actually having that mentality is quite brave. Obviously, with that, yeah. like we're not willing to compromise ourselves. That seems to yeah. also cause some problems for you guys. If exactly. you, so, so could you could you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. I think from an artistic standpoint, it's fun to be able to kind of do whatever you want to do and um, to be able to create these songs and blends that are maybe more or maybe unique. Um, But from a business perspective, it's it's not great. And um, I think that's hurt us business wise and and publicly um, in terms of just like growing a fan base, because we have not been able to definitively get in with the prog crowd, with the metal crowd, with the folk crowd. Like it's just difficult. And we've been turned down in the past back, back in the day when I don't even know if people still use labels or whatnot, but um, back in the day, like from press and from labels, they would say, yeah, I like you, but I have no idea what to do with you, how to market you. And um, so it can be a burden as well where you just, you can't fit in to your crowd. And it's, we used to always say like when we would play shows like yeah the the guys who are really into metal would like it and then their girlfriends would also like it because we kind of had at times a little i don't, I don't want to be sexist or anything saying that you know girls like softer music cause that's not what i'm trying to say but just the diversity of the sounds um would appeal to different audience members i almost um, think sometimes that a female, and again, and I don't mean this in a sexist way at all, but mm-hmm. I feel like that sometimes also a female hearing another female vocalist 
there's mm-hmm. a there's there's this kind of sense of almost kind of like empowerment in some in some ways where you know so I remember when I did I did my medal for my sister-in-law challenge where I had uh-huh. made my sister-in-law listen to everything from you know Queensryche and Graveyard to Brave that once Brave came on she was like the first thing she said was oh she has such a beautiful voice you know and then like and of course it was a you know it was a you know a brave song but uh-huh. you know after the she got done listening one of the things i asked her i said well what was it that connected to you she goes i she goes i love the fact that it was a female singing to like oh, that kind of that kind of music you know yeah. what i mean and so i think that there is a a, a quality there you know but mm-hmm. um but so 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 more about the um, like, do you feel like in, in some, it not only so for, you said from the business perspective, um, what about from your peers? Is there like a sense of kind of alienation or it's kind of like that you I don't know, like you're the kind of the pimple faced kid at the lunch table yeah. that do you know what I mean? Where like, you yeah. know, or like or, or is are your peers generally pretty accepting of you as a band enough to say like, Hey, yeah, let's do shows together. Da, 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 oh da. yeah. You know, definitely the latter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We've never felt, you know, discriminated against or, you know, we're too much of this or that or not enough of this, this or that to play. Like we've played like local metal fests and, um, frog fests and female fronted fests. And we fortunately have, have been able to blend in with all of those. We've never had, had issues with any, any other, uh, local bands in that sense you guys being a band for 20 years what are your expectations for brave there was a time early in our music careers where we really wanted to make it and quite honestly back then when like early 2000s it was a completely different ball game like there was no youtube there's no like online accessibility for all this stuff it was a completely different game and once we went we did some tours and we for me personally i realized seeing the number of other bands trying to do exactly what we're doing, um, you realize it's a real challenge to, to make yourself known and to get out there. And, Mm -hmm. um, but I wouldn't say that, you know, obviously we didn't quit after, after that we uh, kept going, but I think all of us have a passion for making music and for sharing it with people. And it's just part of our lifestyle at this point. It's what we do in our free time. And, um, we try to do it as often as we can. So there, there really isn't any expectations other than we're just going to keep doing this until maybe if this happens, like it's no longer fun or it's a burden, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. this is fun for us and we want to put music out there any way we can. And fortunately these days, you know, you can do, you can record at home and you can release, you know, if we wanted to just digital versions of songs, like we wouldn't have to press CDs and do all of that. Um, it's there's a lot of options out there to kind of keep us going to mm-hmm. to what we want to do. So, have you ever thought in your mind, or like as a band or individually, like yourself, have you ever tried to put yourself in, in, in kind of a faux scenario? Say, let's say you do get that email one day from mm-hmm. I don't know Nuclear Blast that says, "Hey, mm-hmm. we heard the album and we fucking love it, and we want to put it out. Like, we want to sign you to it." three album deal and want you guys mm-hmm. to hit the road 
what what do you do then? <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like I mean, like it, like in other words, like do you have a disaster plan for something that <laughs> something really awesome to happen? <laughs> right, disaster plan for like the best thing ever. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because we have very much touched upon that with While Heaven Wept because that's the exact scenario that we were in with them. Like three of us, as you mentioned, playing While Heaven Wept, and right. we're on nuclear blast for many years and always wanted to, to do more tours and travel. And honestly, I, if that happened to brave, I would do it, but we would have, it would be limited touring. It would be, you know, a couple of weeks at a time and, um, wouldn't be able to do it that much. Like, cause we all have day jobs that we need to keep. And right. fortunately we've been able to make it work thus far. And I think if something were to happen, we would definitely do our best to make it work, um, within the means that we can, because ultimately, I mean, there's not much better other than my babies. There's not much better than going out and playing music for people and seeing their reactions and talking to the people and, you know, just sharing that moment with them and traveling. And I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that. So I would love to do it if that something like that came along, but we just, we would have our parameters that we could work Mm -hmm. within. I just love the fact that you said just that you're really in it to continue doing it until it's, not fun anymore. And so I guess to kind of follow a little bit up just more onto that is that does it frustrate you guys that it that it doesn't come or that it hasn't come? And are there things that you've ever said, like, maybe we could do this to to make this happen, knowing that it mm-hmm. was a compromise or, or whatever? Yeah, I think I don't know that we've really talked about it that much. Every now and again, I do think we should just write a prog metal album. Like, I know we can do it. I know it can be awesome and just really market the hell out of it and in that specific genre. But then, um, I don't know. I guess we're just kind of selfish. I think we, for me personally, I like a lot of variety as, as in this album. I don't want every song to sound the same, have the same feel, tempo, like kind of driving force. Like, I want it to be different. I want it to go up and down and I want it to be soft and I want it to be heavy. And I, so I personally just like a lot of variety. Um, but I don't think there's any resentment really. Like, I don't feel like we're owed anything for sure. I just, I feel like, um, you know, again, it would be great to have some opportunities, but in our way, I think we've been successful. We're still here after 20 years. I think we've been, we've had small successes throughout our career and, um, we're, we're going to keep it going. I absolutely love that. And I am so excited for the album. I'm so excited for people to hear it. And I'm hoping Brave will do some live shows. I'm hoping maybe we'll even get an Atlanta visit. What would be your elevator pitch to this album to say, like, people who have never heard you? (laughs) But I would say our music is for people who who love music, who love uh, passionate music. You know, I think we're passionate about what we do and what we create. And I think music sometimes can be intense but also simplified um i think if you you know for someone who is looking for kind of like a musical experience where they would experience a lot of different things going on but in you know between songs but this would be a good album for you to check out and I, i think ultimately you know we just we like to create passionate music i think that really nails it and like i said i love the whole fusing rock progressive metal and folk into something uniquely Mm -hmm. brave i think that that really 
to me encapsulates uh, like did you come up with that or who came up with that i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot because i don't want to yeah. give you credit for it if you didn't um that was all <laughs> scott mosey did that one well, that see, was our, he created our tagline on the the website that so, and i is, when i read that i was like that's perfect <laughs> it's it is because to me i feel like that's the kind of description that makes me go hmm Hmm. Okay, maybe I'm not going to delete this email. Okay, maybe I'm going to give this a listen. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's not pretentious. It's not like, you know, it sounds like napalm going off outside of your front door at 2 a.m., right. you know, which I, which <laughs> literally actually was someone's press release. I deleted that shit immediately because I was That's like, hilarious. you know, but like reading a tagline like that, make you know, would have me go, hmm. Those are all things I like, but they combine them into something. Well, let me, you know, I'll give this a listen, you know? So, yeah, you know, I think it's a great way to also kind of describe not just the sound of this album, but the sound of Brave in general. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you. you I'm know. glad you like it. And maybe I need to move that one to the top of our press kit. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that at another market time. market that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time thank to talk you. about the album and congratulations on the Thank release so of the calm the storm and i mm -hmm. guess i guess we'll talk again in 2025 yeah because it was seven be, years yeah. since you last <laughs> invited me for an interview but we won't go there will we <laughs> well you know we'll we will make sure we do this again though but uh, anyway well good luck with the album release and uh everybody so be much. sure to check out the uh um, the Brave website where you can pre-order the album or even order the album. The website address is www.bravemusic.com. Well, good. Well, good luck with the album this week. Can't wait to hear everybody's feedback on it. And um, Likewise. let's do it again before nine years. So Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michelle. Well, All right, thanks thank for you. doing this. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.